This is On The Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're on the block ESPN Radio. Great to have you here. Great to have this gentleman back on the program with us here. We go from dropping the puck, talking some hockey, to the NBA Finals. Cavs, Warriors, Game 3 in Cleveland tomorrow. This man will be on the mic once again. He's been the voice of the Golden State Warriors for 23 years. He's been in the National Basketball Association as a play-by-play voice for nearly 30 years. He used to be a broadcaster right here in central New York. Those of you listening on ESPN, Utica, Rome, especially remember this name. Always great to catch up with Tim Roy, who's back with us here on ESPN Radio Syracuse and ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Tim, how you doing, bud? I'm good. I'm good. So great to catch up with you. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? No, I said just just kind of hanging out here, oh, after practice, go. getting some work done, and waiting for the uh, hotel engineer to come to my door to fix my television. Oh no, Tim, that is unacceptable. Yeah. No, I yeah. don't. I don't want a new TV. I want an upgrade to the presidential suite for Tim Roy. Come on, yeah. that's what uh, you get. I, I, I suspect sabotage. So. <laughs> <laughs> we can't let that guy do his prep work. That'll show him. Fantastic, good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, you're kind of used to Cleveland, right? You've been there a few times in a row the, the past few years. Have you got it down, where to go to eat, where, what to do, and, and, and life in Cleveland after all these travels there? I probably know more about downtown Cleveland than maybe any other city in the league at this point. Uh, you know, maybe we, you know, we stay out in, um, in a lot of the NBA teams down Beverly Hills uh, for, when the, for the L.A. games, and so I know that area pretty well. Uh, but, uh, but God, we've been here, you know, for four, you're here for a week at a time, basically. I'm here for five nights this week. And so that, that gives you time to explore and walk around and, and, uh, get a, get a feel for the place. So yeah, I know they've done a nice job with the downtown here and it's a lot, certainly a lot better than when I first got the league. Gotta say, Tim, nothing against the fine city of Cleveland, which I've been to many times. Rock and roll hall of fame was kind of overrated when I went there. Maybe I should go back. It's been about a decade. But when I went there last time, I was kind of underwhelmed with it. Have you made it over there yet? I, I was like you. I have not been there for probably a decade. Uh, so I, I probably need to go back and, and to see what they've done. And so, uh, yeah, you, I was expecting spectacular, and I got, you know, it was, it was pretty good. So, um, but hopefully, uh, hopefully it's, it's getting bigger and better. Well, let us know. Maybe they have more Springsteen stuff this time. I was a little disappointed last time. But it's been about a decade, so I'll make it there at some point. Uh, speaking of spectacular, no matter what, in Hall of Famers, I know you're the voice of the Warriors, but, man, LeBron James is putting on a MVP in what could be a losing performance should the Cavs lose for, uh, run, unlike almost anybody I've ever seen. You know, Tim, it, it's a simple question, but one I've got to ask. What's it like to sit there courtside as much as you have got to call his games at a high level the past few years, and, and do just that. Paul LeBron James well, in his prime. Yeah, it's, it's 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 crazy because, you know, he's in his prime, but he's also in his 15th year, okay? And, um, and you know, you can make an argument, yes, he's gone to the finals eight times, probably wouldn't happen in the Western Conference, you know, seeing what, as to what happened in the finals. But still, getting to the finals eight times in a row and not showing that you, your body has any you know, thought about breaking down. I mean, uh, it's, it's crazy. He's playing his, you know, some of his best basketball right now. You know, the game one, he's the only player in NBA history to score 50 or more and lose. Uh, it's just, it's an amazing, amazing thing is what, what he's doing right now. And, 
you know, it's, you know, every generation you say, oh, we'll never see another, you know, uh, Will Chamberlain. We won't see another Bill Russell. We won't see another Bird or Magic. And that's true. You can't replicate those guys. But we see greatness in every generation. And right now, you know, I'm blessed because, you know, I, I get to see it on, uh, uh, in a much different fashion on a nightly basis from guys like Curry and Durant. Uh, but, uh, you know, LeBron is, is, you know, he's one for the agent. You have uh, been calling games for nearly 30 years, so you, you called some of Michael Jordan's games. And I'm, I'm not going to ask mm-hmm. you who's better, because I, I just think that's a ridiculous argument. But I get why sports fans compare and contrast and how the generations evolve and, and who the great players of their generations are. So uh, what I, that's what I want you to do. Uh, compare calling LeBron's games versus Jordan's games and, and kind of maybe it's the same feeling. I don't know. What, what is that feeling when I, I bring that up and, and I ask you to reminisce about you know, comparing calling games of those two gentlemen? Well, they're, they're you know, both incredible players who played the game the right way. They both had no problem giving up the ball in a big moment if, they were, if it was the right basketball play. And that, that's a tremendous thing. You know, uh, Steve Kerr doesn't hit the game-winning shot in the NBA Finals if Michael Jordan says, "No, nope, I'm taking this shot come hell or high water." You know, he no, he, he told Steve in the timeout, "Be ready, because I know they're going to double me." And so, uh, and LeBron's done that, and he's been criticized for doing that, which I've never understood for making the right play. But they're both uh, tireless. They both train at an incredibly high level. The only differences I see, I think LeBron's a better passer. LeBron's one of the best passing players we've had in this league, and you know he's he's a bigger physical specimen. I think on the uh, on the mental side of things, I think MJ's a little more cold blooded and a little more of a steely nature. Um, uh, you know, Michael would you know, pull, pull your basketball heart out of your chest and just stomp on it in front of you, you know, uh, and just just crush it with his will. He had that strength of will is what I think, you know, drove him to, to the great hype. Tim, uh, Steph Curry made a shot in Game 2, which even for Steph Curry was just absurd. I mean, the fact that he made that floating rainbow, just kind of chuck it up here, shot – we are still awed by that. That's got to be normal for you, though. For those that don't get to see this, like, he practices this stuff, right? This is his pregame routine. He thinks of, like, the wildest shots he can come up with and, and tries to put himself in those situations, right? Yeah, you know, he, he practices all the time with all these things that you think. Uh, I remember one time I'm watching him warm up from two steps in front of half court. I'm thinking, he's never going to shoot that in a game, you know, I mean, you know, because nobody had ever done it before. You know, that's groundbreaking. Think about that. Nobody takes those shots from half court where you expect it to go in. And he does. You know, that game, the one he hit in game one at halftime. You know, you fully expected that one, to, if it didn't go in, to have a great chance to go in. And then, uh, you know, the, 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 the layup shots he makes where he puts his hand underneath the ball and spins it up. Remember watching him develop that and say, that, that's going to be an incredibly hard shot to get off in the game, but he had a plan. He knew what he could do with his ball handling, and, and uh, he was going to get himself to it. And, you know, he sets the record for most threes in an NBA Finals. But I have to tell you, as, as the voice of the Warriors, that wasn't an abnormal game. It didn't feel like he was setting a record. That's, that's Steph. We see that a lot. And the fact that it was an NBA Finals record is great for Steph, and it's wonderful. 
but it didn't feel like it was anything out of the, you know, ridiculous. It didn't feel like it was something truly out of the ordinary. Tim, uh, and this is Tim Roy, our good friend, the play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors, joining us here on ESPN Syracuse, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. Uh, How much of the officiating should be a storyline from what we've seen in Game 2? I mean, the Durant call in Game 1 was just egregious, and I can't believe that got overturned, but, you know, at least they can do that. But generally, should the officiating be as big of a storyline as it has been? Has it affected the game enough in your eyes in the last two games that it deserves the attention it has uh, from the media the past uh, two games here? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I, uh, I haven't read a lot about the, the officiating in the last two games. It has not been as huge of a story, at least out west, than, than maybe it has been back here. Uh, the Durant thing was unusual, but we had seen that happen before in a game where he had had a, a play that was called a block on Kevin in a regular season game a year ago get changed to a charge. And that's when I first learned of the rule. I had no idea it was on the books until a year ago. But, um, but yeah, it, you know, I, I, I understand the trouble with the review of it. Um, to me, I'm a big believer in getting it right. And to, the, the bottom line was a block. And, and you know, it, it, they got it right. Now, those, it should it have been reviewed? That's a big question. But, obviously, they, they had a question mark, and they didn't do anything that was outside of their, you know, they didn't change the rule. They didn't bend the rule. The rule was there. Now, you can question whether or not the rule should be there. Uh, allowing them to change it, that's, that's fair. But, um, but you know, I, I'm, you know I, I think one point the other night, it was like uh, 20 to 10, I think foul calls or something are 20 to 10 free throws favoring the Cavaliers. And that's to be expected, I think, a little bit. They take the ball to the basket a little bit more than the Warriors do. And and so uh, I don't think it's been that huge of an issue. Have they missed them calls? Absolutely. They're going to miss calls every year. Uh, and so, but, but I do think we're in a transition phase with the officiating right now because you know, we have guys who have been, who are younger officials who have been, I think, accelerated into crew chiefs because we've lost so many good veteran officials. You know, uh, uh, people will, will, may not agree with me, but I yearn for the days of Joey Crawford where no one would complain about a call because they knew if they did, Joey would give him a technical <laughs> foul and the game would move on. You know, it just, <laughs> it, but you knew that going in. You knew who Joey Crawford was. And now, I think a lot of the players with some of the younger officials, they don't know who these guys are. And and so that it's a struggle right now for the two sides to feel each other out. Tim, uh, I've, I've seen this Warriors team so much as most of us have because they've been in the finals for four straight years and have put together the, this incredible team. So I almost feel like I know the answer to this. But I want to ask you as somebody who calls other games, when they are at their peak, when they are playing their best, what are the Warriors doing? Okay, when they, the Warriors are playing their best, the turnovers are between 10 and 15, you know, or less. And the assist totals around 30. And then the ball's moving. It's beautiful. It's fun to watch. They're back cuts. They're screens. They're pin downs for guys. And, and they're getting great shots. And they're playing defense at the other end. And that's their double whammy, uh, is that, that if they move the ball, uh, their defense is so good and that – it's really hard to beat that firepower. And to, to me, the, the, the first thing every night, if I do a coach's interview with Steve Kerr or any one of his assistant coaches, and I say, what are your keys? First word out of their mouth is turnovers. And that's their Achilles heel. 
And so uh, when they play well, it's beautiful to watch. The ball moves. It's the way the game is meant to be played. And what's amazing the last two years with Durant, Thompson, and Curry as the main cogs offensively is that all this, there was some worrying. And I was a little concerned about, you know, was this going to cost some people some shots? And it really doesn't. They, they, they average between 21 and 17 or 18 shots a game. And it's, it's, uh, that shows you it's an unselfish team. And that's, that's why I think they're, they're so, so good. Tim, one last question for you here, and hopefully uh, your television gets fixed shortly. You've been uh, out of Central New York uh, doing this for almost 30 years, but I know you still remember your time here fondly. But if there's there's one thing that really sticks to you about Central New York that you remember the most, what is it? Come on, sporting event or just one thing anything, in general? Anything. Anything. I just remember how beautiful it was, how what just how stunning it was, you know, to, to drive to Colgate to do a football game or, or a hockey game early in the fall, and and just how you know the the, the the countryside was just gorgeous to drive down to Cooperstown or up to Old Forge, and and the people were great, and and um, it was just such a great place to start a career because there were so many great people and so many interesting things I got to do. I would I wouldn't trade it trade it for a second. You know, I went to the right college for me at Utica College. It worked out perfectly for me, and and uh, and I ended up being at the right radio station, which is a station that has moved on to uh, to other things. But they had a, a great track record for sportscasters, and I got to do a little bit of everything. And it's you know, it's where I probably made my biggest mistakes, but it's also where I learned how to become a pro. And and um, uh, I hold my time and in central New York very, very fondly. Tim, we always appreciate your time and perspective, particularly this time of year. No things are busy for you. Hope your TV gets fixed. If the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is better the second time, let us know, and we'll catch up down the road, my friend. All right, Brent. Always always good to catch up with you. That's Tim Roy, ladies and gentlemen. He's the play-by-play voice of the Golden State Warriors and always love it when he gives us some time here on this program because he doesn't have to. He's busy. He's got things happening. The little NBA Finals thing that he's covering, but uh, he always... Uh, enjoys getting the ask and uh, getting to talk to the people back here in central New York, as you just heard him say, but he's certainly told me that off the air as well.